Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me again via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. Uh, Mike, what did you what did you think of the? Uh, I think it's the sixty third annual NHL All Star Game. I think I read that last year's was the sixty second. So I think I think is- you're right. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, I, I I was uh, kind of just like dozing in and out of it to be honest. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Def- I, I feel like last year it was it was like kind of a barnstorming kind of game or games, and this time it was you know a game that yeah like Butchie and and the guys would like it was like tight checking and dumping and chasing. It was it wasn't a yeah. Didn't feel like three on three. It it felt like there w- it was like equal parts dump and chase and like two on ones, and that was it basically. And uh, yeah, it was I felt a little bit sleepy. Uh, I feel like uh, Braden Holtby definitely went to sleep towards the end of the uh, Metro. Uh, Atlantic uh, game, <laughs> and he started just giving up goals all over the place. And uh, I made the joke that it was playoff edition. Braden Holtby at that point uh, <laughs> giving up goals, but uh, no, it's it was it was fine. Like I just thought it was pretty cool. Josh Bailey and uh, John Tavares, not shockingly, were uh, teammates out there. They seem to have Chris Letang as their defensive partner, which is kind of cool. Um, and they they hooked up for a goal, the three of them, which was nice to see. And uh, but uh, the Pacific Division One, Brock Besser was named. Uh, uh, all-star MVP, so that's probably going to give him uh, a little bit of a temporary edge in the Calder race. So uh, Matthew Barzell is going to have to get out there and have a couple more five-point games to uh, get everybody to pay attention again. But uh, yeah, no, it was fine. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I kind of slept half through the 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 final game. I guess I didn't really wasn't really paying attention. But uh, yeah, so that just happened. Um, the uh, All-Star Weekend was in Tampa Bay. It was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of people don't like all-star games, and, and that's fine. Uh, you don't have to like it, it's whatever. But I like that this is the time. This is the one weekend a year where, where guys show off their personalities. And, like, this is the one weekend a year where not everything is about pucks in deep and, and you know, playing our game and staying defensively responsible. Like, this is just about having fun. And I, I was just telling you before, like, there was a, there was a thing in the uh, skills competition. Drew Doughty completely blew his whatever skills competition thing he was in. And then later on, 
uh, Andre Kopitar blew his, and the two of them were just laughing at each other, and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Um, before the game, before the competition, Eric Carlson and Victor Hedman showed up dressed like pirates because it was like Gasparilla Pirate <laughs> Festival in Tampa Bay. That's awesome. Like Mike Smith's kids were fighting on the ice. Um, what was it? There's another thing I saw that just made me laugh, and it was just like the stupid. Oh, PK Subban throwing his glove at Henrik Lundqvist, and Lundqvist <laughs> not flinching at all, and still making the save, and they were joking about it. So I love that kind of stuff. I mean, the game itself, I mean, whatever, man. Like, who cares? But the I just love that that kind of personality stuff. You don't see that that often, and it's it's really cool to see. They they're human. It's it's kind of the reminder that these guys are actually humans. You know. Yeah, and uh, no matter what, like guys like Latang and Lundqvist do, um, I find myself getting annoyed by it, like. <laughs> Which is nice. I'm like, yeah, go right ahead and show off your personality. Doesn't mean I'm gonna like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jack Eichel, I think, is that guy. But but Eichel seems like fun. yeah, yeah. Eichel seems he's, he's yeah. Maybe he tries a little too hard. Him and him and uh, Marchand. Yeah. Who who uh, who escaped without uh, yeah. you know, pointing his elbow into someone's eye. <laughs> yeah, Somehow. I wasn't really down with the whole, like. If you're gonna get suspended before the All Star game, I feel like you should be suspended for the All Star game. Yeah. That yeah, it's, said- like, it's, it's like here's your chance to win a million dollars while you're suspended. <laughs> If I had Good done that, then again, if he had done that, he could have just like you know taken a trip to Bermuda or something and just yeah. But uh, it's true. I I think I just thought it was a very logical move there because Patrice Bergeron has been like one of the maybe the best forward in the league night after night. They could have just swapped the two of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But why. that would that would make too much sense for the league that had Kid Rock play. So, <laughs> well, listen. Next year, the league has a chance to write itself. It's going to be in San Jose. And I am calling for the league to tomorrow or as soon as possible <laughs> announce that uh, Sammy Hagar will be the uh, half the intermission performance for the All Star Game in San Jose because Sammy Hagar is the Bay Area. He is rock and roll. He's been literally rewriting the same song for forty five years. <laughs> it's a great song. <laughs> it's just you know, but Montrose solo Van Halen Chicken Foot. It's literally the same song. And I love it, and I love Sammy Hagar, and I hope he's there. Even if he's just, like, hanging around and somebody's like, oh, shit, Sammy <laughs> Hagar's here. That, that would be great. And I guess there are some other uh, Bay Area bands that could show up. Metallica, obviously, being one. Smash Mouth, Journey uh, being some others. But uh, I guess uh, Jefferson Airplane, if they want to get trippy with it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Sammy Hagar is definitely the guy I want to see. So um, so the Highlanders get back uh, uh, back out onto the games that matter um, on Tuesday. They play the Panthers. Everybody's off on Monday um, so, and it's funny because, you know, you have a chance to sit back and take stock and go, okay, well, let's see where they are. And they showed, you know, they, they kind of ran over this during one of the intermissions, uh, during the all-star game is like for all the, the, the pessimism and the consternation the Islanders have put us through, they're still very much in the thick of this Metro division. They're 55 points right now. I think they're one behind Philly. They've got the same amount of points as like the Rangers and, uh, no, I think the Rangers, Flyers, and, and Islanders all have the same amount of points. They're all one point behind the Penguins. Carolina's three points behind them. The Devils are one point ahead. They've kind of fallen apart. The Blue Jackets have fallen apart. We're going to talk about them later on because the Islanders have a couple of games against them coming up. So, I mean, the season is not lost. They could potentially still jump into the playoff picture and run with it and stay there. However, having said that, <laughs> there are a lot of problems with this team that they need to rectify before that can possibly happen. So, uh, I mean, what's your sort of takeaway right now being where they are? Again, just one point out, which is not terrible, but, I mean, like, looking Mm -hmm. forward, you know, it's hard to kind of be optimistic, but at the same time, it's hard to also be pessimistic when they're that close. Uh, Yeah, I think it would be pretty funny if if you asked, um, you know, like a a fan of the Red Wings or – the predators of the wild and you're like all right guess how many points the islanders have or, or guess where they are in the standings i think that they would think we'd be f- further up because right. they're seeing like barzal and and bailey right. and Tavares up in the score you know, buckets of right. goals yeah <laughs> so i'm sure that like you know like they would say yeah you know probably in like a wild card spot maybe in the third place in the division i know that division stuff and then if you ask islander fans you know that pretend if they you wiped it clean and you're like you know where are we in the standings they would say you know we're probably towards the bottom with the way you know everything feels right now in in among fans so it is funny that like that and we're kind of in between the two of them i guess so so it's just like yeah we're not as bad as as we all pretend we are or act right. like we are but we're also not as good as what what like the nhl network portrays of the islanders like at night yeah. after night because of barzal and and Tavares and uh, and you know just like the the high end guys Eberle as well right 
Um, yeah, no, that's true. I mean, you know, points wise, wins wise, they're right there. Uh, again, though, like it's it's funny because you know, again, if like you said, if you're an, if you're a fan from outside of here, you see a ton of goals being scored and you think they're pretty good. The fact is, they also give up a ton of goals too, and they actually went into the All Star break on a on an actual high note. And it's funny to say that because we're talking about a two-one win. But if you had asked me like three weeks ago if the Islanders could win a two-one game, I would have said absolutely not. There's <laughs> yeah. no way they could. That's possibly going to happen. But um, it took Yaroslav Halak to obviously be phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I thought they played fairly well against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I think they played the right kind of game. Yeah. In that you know, if it just felt like they had a game plan and they executed it, it might not have been you know the flashy run and gun show that, that we've seen. But they. Yeah. They, they they executed a game plan. It was it was a good game to watch. Yeah, and you know the the Golden Knights. I think they had thirty eight shots. So again, Halak had to be on his toes, and, and his, to his credit, he was. But I don't remember all of them being all that dangerous. They were shots, and you know mm-hmm. the, those generally have been going in on the Islanders, no matter from where they're <laughs> from this year. But uh, you know they didn't seem like they they you know had a were all that dangerous. Of course, we're on like a, almost a, four days later, so I could be totally misremembering. But but I thought the Islanders played fairly well in that game, and again. You know, to win a game two one uh, for this team has got to be something that they can kind of hang their hat on because they've won a lot of five, six five games, but not a lot of two one games. Um, it's they had this is one of the weirdest road trips I can remember in the last little while because they had basically what you would think would be one guaranteed win, one guaranteed loss, and one you know possible win, although in in a tough place, and they lost the guaranteed win. They won the guaranteed loss, and they just put a beating on a team that had, you know, normally played pretty well at home in Chicago. So, uh, you know, they went into the All Star game with on the right streak, and hopefully they can continue it against the Panthers. Um, but something's got to give. Like they actually have to stop. They have to start stopping goals at some point if they're going to be that final team that can jump into that playoff spot and stay there. Yeah, I think um, the the. It kind of sucked that the All-Star break happened when it did for the goalies. It's always like that, isn't it? Yeah, like, it is. I'm, and I'm sure like every team in the NHL is probably saying the same right. thing, except, you know, like the two that have gone in on, like a, like the Devils, I'm sure. Like, I think they're pretty cold right now. But but uh, it, that's, it's just as funny. Like, these two guys, Grice you know, had a great game the other night, and, and then Halak uh, was probably his, that was probably his best performance uh, maybe the, you know, last year right. plus. Uh, so, it looks like they're steadying and then, you know, the all-star break happens and I'm sure they're coming out of the gates, you know, it's going to, the two of them are going to lose their, like lose their minds again. <laughs> and I, I wonder, you know, I, I hadn't even thought about this until I listened to the, uh, the ILC podcast, but like, yeah, that, it's weird that Grice stopped 52 shots against Montreal and mm-hmm. he hasn't been seen since. I mean, I don't know what the deal is there. You think he would have started one of those games, and it's not like Halak wasn't playing well. I mean, he, you know, he played pretty well. Even in even in the game they lost in in Arizona, he played fairly well. It wasn't like he was a problem or anything. But it's kind of weird. I hope he's not hurt or anything. Then again, maybe if he is, you know, that opens the door for somebody else. But uh, it's weird that that the only like the games that Grice has played well, like I can remember two games that he's played like even just solid. He hasn't. Re- I actually say I just say he hasn't played like a solid game yet. He's yeah. stolen two games. Right. And then he's had horrible games no matter what. So it's just, it's just weird. <laughs> yeah. I, something, I don't know. I feel like something's going on there because it's, it's amazing that he went from being a, a, an above average goalie for all those years. The Islanders signed him. He was well above average that first year. He was perfectly fine last year. It wasn't like he was a problem. I mean, he was totally fine. And then this year he just fell off a cliff. And I mean, I guess it just sort of happens when you're a goalie. I mean, we've talked about goalie attending being voodoo all the time. And maybe this is just. That one year that's an outlier. I hope it is because they have they haven't signed two more seasons, so it better be. But uh, it's just weird to kind of see that happen like that. So I don't know, very strange. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know the offense hopefully stays what it's doing uh, and doing what it does. Um, Anthony Beauvillier has been moved on to the second line with uh, his buddy Matt Barzell and Eberly, who you mentioned before, and they've been phenomenal. And to the mm-hmm. point where when Andrew Ladd comes back from from his injury. He better not be on that line. They better just leave it the way it is and right. let Lad sort of be the defensive anchor slash you know uh, uh, possession guy for a third line, uh, and hopefully kind of get that squared away too. I hope it can work because I mean he's a penalty killer. He's a pretty smart guy. Hopefully he can he can play that role. But that would actually go a long way into helping them sort of solidify that thing that's just been killing them all season. 
and they get Casey Zizekas back, hopefully from injury soon. And, you know, at that point, you know, things start looking up and you start sort of leaning towards the more optimistic side. But then you remember you're fighting with like six other teams for one playoff spot and all of a sudden you get right back to the pessimistic side. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and like we've, we've been saying, this kind of could have been avoided if, if maybe we shored a couple things up that we could have been like the trade market yeah. or, on, or on waivers. But, you know, that's, that, that is past now. But yeah. the, the lad thing I think is actually pretty big because he's the type of guy that, you know, he's a, he, a quote unquote glue guy, a guy in the room. He'll do whatever, you know, for the for the team, for the for the logo on the front. You know, he's a, he's, he's that cliche Canadian player. <laughs> he um, if he, he goes on that third line with Nelson and Ho saying that line should work, you know, in sent like in your head, that should be a great third line for yeah. the Islanders. And that's hopefully what they kind of come out of the break thinking is. You know, we'll put like Lad and Hosang, I think, are a good match for each other because, you know, Lad, Lad will know what type of player he's playing with and will adjust his game accordingly. And then you got Nelson, hopefully can kind of just be the kind of wingman with Hosang and let the, his creativity open up spaces for him to shoot because that's his, you know, his best weapon is a shot. So yeah. that's the hope. Yeah, that I mean, and they had worked previously before. Like you're not just sort of making that mm-hmm. up. Like they had worked together as a unit. I forget if it was last year. I guess it was last year. So, uh, you know, that would require Hosang coming back from the minors, uh, where he's played pretty well since he was scratched recently. Uh, if you haven't listened to the ILC <laughs> podcast yet, you really should. Uh, Brent Thompson was, was interviewed and had some really great things to say about Josh and just basically saying, like, you know, they, they need him to play. Uh, you know, they, they, I forget what he said, but, you know, it, it doesn't sound like, you know, one of the things that really irritates me is when a player gets, like, benched or, or sent to the minors and, all of a sudden, my Twitter feed is like, "Whoa, they're going to trade him for pennies on the dollar." Like, no, it doesn't really work that way. And you know, they're not going to just trade him and he's going to become a superstar. Like, yes, okay, the Islanders did that uh, with Nino Niederreiter, obviously, but like, nobody's trading for Josh Hosang. Like, the, the reason the Islanders got him is because everybody was kind of skeptical about his his issues and and whether or not he could put it all together. And like, they're not going to trade him for anything uh, because nobody's going to want him. Like, there's not like somebody out there that's going to take on somebody else's problem probably. So I don't think, you know, that's, that's in danger of happening, but hopefully they can bring Josh back up and, and like you said, put him there. And then, you know, you have a fourth line of Sezikis, Clutterbuck, and I guess Chimera, although uh, Nikolai Kuhlman has been um, skating, which is kind of surprising because we, yeah, I thought he was like done. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It sounded like that was weird. That was really weird how that just popped up that he was just like on the ice there. Like, okay. Right. Uh, Or like the Quine, Alan Quine or Shane Prince. But like at this point, like, and I hate to rag on these guys, but like Quine, Prince and Chimera are all kind of like the same guy. Like they're, they all have different skills and some guys are better at one thing than another, but like none of these guys are producing offensively and all of them are just giving up nothing. You know, they're giving up everything defensively. They're all possession mm-hmm. black holes at this point. And none of them should be playing anywhere <laughs> near uh, an NHL roster. So hopefully they can, they can, you know, shore up that position too, uh, maybe by the deadline, uh, which is the end of February. So we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird that they kind of just go with Quan. I, I'm, and it, it, we joke about it on Twitter that it's, you know, cause he scored that overtime winner against the Panthers and <laughs> the, playoffs a couple years ago but it it, it kind of feels that way it's it's weird like it's yeah. just a weird coaches just have their guys i guess i guess you know like ted dolan wouldn't sit andy hilbert and, and i loved andy hilbert you know but he wouldn't sit andy hilbert if you know you put a gun to his head and yeah, and, yeah. and we got this guy won't and alan quine's playing on the first line when he's in when he's in the lineup and there's a spot for him there yeah. it's just it's it's so strange and, and now and- tanner fritz too is like <laughs> Listen, oh, right. Tanner. I forgot like, about him. Yeah. yeah, Tanner. It's been a great story. Like you know, undrafted. You know, kudos mm-hmm. to you for making it to the NHL, man. But um, I don't know if you should be getting minutes right now. Yeah, no, I, I totally. You know what? I totally forgot about Tanner Fritz, and I apologize for that. Um, but you know, you're right, and it, and it's and that's not an Islanders thing. Every coach has got those guys, and if you yep. pulled every, I mean, uh, who was it? I mean, uh, we got like Leo Komarov. Who, yeah, who, or he plays like 30 minutes a game in Dale Toronto. Weiss is, uh, yeah. is a guy in Philly. Andrew McDonald is a guy in. Tanner Glass, the uh, the legendary Rangers oh, Rangers legend Tanner Glass, and then the Rangers went out and picked up Cody McLeod, who's basically just Tanner Glass in a different container. So, uh, <laughs> it's gonna, be, but every coach has that, and and you know, I guess it's easy to say like well, every coach does that, but at the same time, like when they're actively hurting your team, 
it's not the time for the coach to do that kind of stuff. So they really should pull them. And, you know, if you're, if you're the Rangers and you've got Henrik Lundqvist out back there erasing all of your problems, hey, you know what, having Tanner Glass on the line, eh, whatever. It's probably not I, it's, it's actually interesting you brought up the Rangers. This kind of just clicked in my head. The, the Islanders and the Rangers have the same exact record uh, right now. They're 20, 25, 20, and 5. Hmm. And the Rangers are apparently, you know, the, the rumors, Larry Brooks, everybody's saying that they're going to be selling at the deadline. Right. So it's just funny how they're going to be approaching, you know, the second half with the same exact record as the Islanders, and the Islanders will be approaching it. And, you know, we want them to kind of go for it, while the Rangers, their fan yeah. base is like, blow it up and let's start <laughs> over. It's Right. Yeah, no, that is that is really weird. I didn't even realize they had the same record. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe that's because, like, I think the Rangers are generally older, although they, I, I mm-hmm. probably guess. But if I was the guess, I, I think the Islanders by age are older. It doesn't seem that they're that older. But uh, I don't really get the whole blowing it up thing. I really don't understand why they would do that. Like, why would you trade Ryan McDonough? I don't understand. I have a conspiracy theory about it. Oh, let me hear that the range, I, Yeah, that the Rangers approached Brooks and told him to write the article to get the guys to come together and galvanize in the room. And now they're going to go on the. Now they got the adversity, kind of like how the Patriots had that guy write that that article. <laughs> the ESPN you know, they, article, yeah, yeah. yeah they pick, the Rangers. They saw that it worked for the Patriots, and now they're the Rangers did it. <laughs> that that theory. It's you joke that it's a conspiracy theory. That theory makes more sense to me than the Rangers trading Ryan McDonough <laughs> for something. I mean, I, I love how and you know, look, look, Larry Brooks is is way more important than this than you or I will ever be. But like. <laughs> The, whenever he gets into these sort of like the Rangers are going to make these trades article, he, he always sets his sights really high. So like he's already talking about getting a first round pick for Michael Grabner, whereas the Islanders didn't got like five sort of C, B and C level prospects. And that's being generous to those guys. They got basically one B level prospect in Christopher Gibson and a bunch of names for Grabner. Who's going to give you a first round pick for a guy that's going to be a UFA in mm-hmm. like six months? I don't understand. Like it just doesn't make any sense. McDonough. Yeah, I could see him getting a first round pick because he's got another year left. But like Nash, I mean, that dude's making like eight million dollars a year. I mean, you're lucky to get anybody to take him. Who who could even fit him under the cap? You know, it's, it's funny, it, and it's funny how he, like you said, he just set his sights high. Like he he nailed, nailed every Ranger, every you know, everybody on their top six and their best defenseman, their their yeah. captain. So it's just like he's, everybody but Lundqvist is basically you right. know three to go. So yeah, yeah. I just I don't. I mean, when they traded Ryan Callahan, I mean, I got he was going to be UFA. And, you know, they were still good, and they were obviously they went to the final that year. And so I, I understood why that was going to happen. But this, I just don't get it. And you might be right. Like, it might have just been a totally, uh, uh, you know, planted article. Speaking of uh, of uh, newspaper going, comings and goings, uh, Arthur Staple, we should mention, is uh, leaving Newsday, where he's been working for 20 years, and he's going to go uh, right elsewhere. I don't want to spoil a surprise if, you know, you haven't found out yet. Arthur hasn't announced anything yet, so I'm not going to step on his toes, but uh, he stepped away for a little while. So we'll see what happens with Newsday. Uh, Mark Herman was covering the All-Star game. Uh, It'll be pretty interesting to see. I mean, Arthur is the guy who's been the only guy on this beat for a long time. And so, you know, it'll be interesting where he goes and and who follows uh, him at Newsday. And maybe, you know, we get lucky and we get two quality writers (laughs) as opposed to having just the one uh, covering the team. But uh, yeah, that that kind of took everybody by surprise. I woke up and was like, "Uh, what? I just kind of had to follow back, but uh, good luck to Arthur and uh, his next stop. And again, we'll hear more about that probably soon uh, once he gets settled. And uh, it's pretty interesting. Maybe we can, the Islanders will plant some stories with him about (laughs) who to trade and what to do. Um, So uh, what was the other thing I I was saying we were going to talk about? I forgot now. Oh, uh, the fact that the Islanders are going to be playing, you know, a portion of their games in oh, right. the Coliseum. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, wanted to talk, I wanted to try and squeeze in as much, like, actual hockey stuff before then, but yeah. I guess we kind of ran out because there's not much to talk about. We said it. I mean, we've been saying it now for weeks. Uh, they need to get better defensively and, and just be better. But, yeah, so I guess the big thing, and, and this is weird. Like, normally, we you know, we, we record every two weeks, and we kinda, I didn't want to do it before the All-Star game because then, it, you know, could have seen what happened at the all-star game and now here is the all-star game and apparently tomorrow the day after we are recording this uh it will be announced by none other than governor cuomo then none other than governor cuomo sorry that uh they uh the islanders are going to play a bunch of games at nassau coliseum uh sounds like 12 is the number we don't know so weird so weird uh we don't know what 12 we don't know when we don't know how uh, we don't know i don't i don't know. Well, all right. So let, let's <laughs> try to gather my thoughts about this. I it is weird. I don't like it. 
Uh, we've talked about this. I talked about this on the blog. I don't like it. I think it's silly. I think it's sort of pandering to a fan base that, you know, wants, you know, nostalgia and that's fine and good. I love nostalgia too. We'll get to, I'll get to some more nostalgia in a minute, but, um, I just don't like it. I feel it's, it's for a team that has some very real complications in its everyday existence. I feel like creating another complication is probably not the smartest thing to do. However, having said that, in fairness, you know, we'll see what happens when the details come out. To me, the best way to do it would be to have weekend games at the Coliseum, like Saturday games. Mm-hmm. Um, that way everybody knows what's going to, what's going on, where the day are, where, you know, what day they're playing there, and people can sort of relive those, you know, family times and come out Saturdays. And it opens up Saturday for Barclays Center. So they can get you know stuff that's going to give them more money uh, in those in those slots there, whether it's the Nets or you know a concert or something like that. That's the way I could see it working, and maybe for all we know, that's how it will work. But yeah, I, I don't like it. I feel like you and I kind of agree on this, but I, I just to me, it's just I don't know. It's very complicated and stupid. Yeah, it, it's it, it. I think I think it might was Larry Brooks. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. He he was the one who said uh, it has like a minor league kind of feeling to it. Uh, and I, 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 yeah, I don't disagree with him there at all. Um, it does. If I, you know, like I, I love the, I love Nassau Coliseum. Like it's my, my favorite place ever. And, um, you know, we've talked about it so much, but if you, if you're going to play, play, you know, 12 games there, it does, it does feel like, you know, pandering to, to us and like, Oh, like here, this is cute. Like here's 12 games. Like, so you guys can, can have your, your tailgates or whatever. Mm. And it I would have been fine with me if they're like, yeah, Barclays isn't working out. We're going to be playing at you know the Coliseum now for two seasons. It's the only option, basically, at this point to do it. Like to split, the, you're, like you said, you're complicating something at a time that it, we can't really do that. Hmm. John Tavares. There are 31 teams in the NHL. 30 of them are all going to be playing in the same. He's going to know <laughs> where every he knows where every team is playing next year. Hmm. All their games except for one, and that's the team he plays for. Hmm. Yeah, and I, needs to keep him. So that's that's like a, it's. I get that it really feels like Ledecky was like going was gunning for this, and I think he, you know, he saw it as as a good opportunity to to like kind of endear himself to the fan base that felt jilted about going to Barclays in the first place. But it's just yeah, it feels a little forced and weird, and yeah. hopefully, hopefully, I'm wrong. It's just awesome. But. Yeah, I mean, to me, I I kind of feel the opposite in terms of Ledecky and the and the league for that matter. I don't think they want to play there at all. <laughs> I really I don't. Think, I don't think the league does. Um, I think Batman definitely. You know, he's yeah. definitely kind of a little pissed off that things happen. I think I just feel like the ownership group kind of even like they, Wong. I feel like Wong was always you know no, we're never going back, and obviously he has good reason to say that, but I felt like Ledecky uh, more than Malkin. Cause I never, I don't even know if Malkin's ever said anything, but uh, Ledecky's uh, always kind of just like been open-ended and kind of vague to kind of get people like in a rabble about it. And, and now we're, we're here. And I think, I think he's, he's, he's always felt like he's been okay with it, I guess is the best, best way yeah, to put it. Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to find out. I mean, he, he's, he's so enthusiastic about everything. It's hard to really say, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he doesn't seem to be unenthusiastic about anything because he's always smiling and shaking hands and having a good time. Um, as far as Tavares goes, uh, Mark Herman's story, uh, from the all-star game yesterday, I guess Saturday, uh, asked around like, you know, what do you think about the Islanders possibly moving to back to the Coliseum for a little while? And, you know, Peter Laviolette had great things to say about it. John Cooper, who went to Hofstra, said great things about it. And, uh, you know, Herman intimated that Tavares seemed like he was excited about it. So uh, yeah, it I don't know like, what I he I think if, you, if they asked Tavares, he would say, I'd rather play, you know, 41 games at the Coliseum than 41 at Barclays. Yeah. Uh, he's, he, he seems to actually really love the Coliseum. Yeah. So maybe this is yeah. kind of helpful. Could be. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. Like, you know, this is just, it's just another thing that's like – Really, <laughs> we gotta deal with this now and this this year with this guy going to UFA. So I just uh, I it it is it does feel minor league. It feels complicated. It's it's sort of like you know, and even if it's not a big deal, and this is the kind of you know the rut that the Islanders have been in forever. It seems like it's a bigger deal than it is because it's different. And like a good example of that was the Hofstra radio thing. You know, I mean, it's they had their deal with Hofstra radio. They only did like home games and, you know, you could hear it basically uh, in a few places. It wasn't like they got a great range or anything, but like ultimately it really doesn't matter. But like when people found out that, oh, my God, the Islanders broadcast on Hofstra radio, it was like a it was like a big joke, you know, and it was it it seemed mine. That seemed minor league. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. 
But, uh, you know, and ultimately people forgot about it. But And now they're on, you know, three different radio stations. So it really didn't matter. And they still have their, their agreement with Hofstra so they, you know, the kids can get in there and, and learn the ropes. But it just seems like it's a bigger deal than it is. And, you know, for players, maybe they don't care, man. Maybe they all live on Long Island. It's a piece of cake to get to the Coliseum. It sucks for Brendan Burke, who lives in Brooklyn. You know, he's going to have to schlep all the way the heck out there and, uh, and go to the Coliseum. But um, I just – it's needlessly complicated. It doesn't make any sense. The governor seemed to be all about it at the Belmont press conference. But again, like it almost seems as if he has the same feeling that a lot of fans have, which is, oh, they belong at the Coliseum. They be- like, And as we've said many times before, they belong in the place where they're going to make money and, and a place that's going to be theirs and modern and, and you know, give players a place to that's that they can call home. That is what players, you know, today's players want. And the Coliseum is not that. I mean, they might like playing there every once in a while, but like ultimately the dressing rooms are small. The amenities are, are barely there. It, the, the ice is probably just as bad, if not worse than it is at Barclays Center. So, you know, there's going to be 13,000 people there. It's not that much. Um, and so what they really need is Belmont. Uh, but unfortunately, Belmont's going to take some time to build. So it, it just seems like a very short-sighted thing for them to do. And But yeah. up to us, I guess. I- yeah, and, and and you know I'll say this, and, and we'll keep like kind of drubbing on the move, but I'll probably be at you know ten out of the twelve games at the Coliseum. So <laughs> you know it just goes to show how much of a hypocrite I am, you know. And 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 I, I mean I'm I'm excited that they're back there because I like I said like I love that place. It'll be cool to to yeah. walk into it again and see the Islanders playing there. And but you know like you said, it's just going to complicate things. Like what if it's Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals? Oh, and, don't even... <laughs> and, yeah, you know, you know, like Sidney Crosby's in town, but we just don't know what which arena we're going to yeah, play it. You yeah, know, like it's just like that's. Yeah. That's the thing that's confusing to me. Like, if you're having, if you're gonna have, you know, two places like that, the Barclays. Why wouldn't the Barclays want an Eastern Conference Final Game Seven? Yeah. You know, they, you know, when you can't fit, uh, you know, you, like you said, thirteen thousand people at the Coliseum. Like, yeah. probably gonna have to go to the bigger building for the, the, those yeah. type of games. So it's just it, there's gonna be a lot of weird things going on, yeah. and I just don't want it to get ugly. You know? No, I mean, my, my guess is that because the reason this is happening is. Really not because of nostalgia. What's the reason it's happening is because of money. Like Barclays Center doesn't make so Barclays Center makes a deal with the Islanders to pay them to play games there because they want the extra tenant. And they give them, you know, somewhere between thirty five and fifty million dollars a year to play there. And after the first year, lo and behold, it turns out they they don't make that much money. <laughs> so them giving money to the Islanders turns out to be a loss. So for whatever reason, they think that the solution to this would be moving them back to the Coliseum. I don't see how that that's a solution to this. However, that being said, you know, when it comes playoff time, knock on wood that they there are playoff times, um, I feel like those would be ones played at Barclays Center because those will be filled up. I mean, those are sellouts. They, they right. don't they don't play to empty, you know, half empty. This isn't the Devils uh, at Meadowlands, the Meadowlands. They don't play to half empty uh, playoff games. You know, people go to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Tuesday night games against you know Phoenix or I should say, excuse me, Arizona or the uh, the Wednesday games versus Minnesota that nobody goes to in January when it's like twenty degrees outside and freezing rain. Nobody wants to go watch two mediocre teams play you know nobody wants to spend sixty dollars to put, watch two mediocre teams play in the middle of brooklyn so i, I don't get i mean again we'll find out all these de- we're gonna rant about this and then we're gonna find out all these details you know literally 24 hours from now we'll know them all so hopefully we're not totally yeah. uh, you know, yeah. uh <laughs> outdated by that the, sor- the but, sources were all wrong and <laughs> it's not happening well, they're like, actually oh. yeah they're playing at the they're playing at the garden right yeah, right. Or the the Hartford Civic Center. But, uh, you know, it's just – yeah, it's just a very strange thing. And I just – I don't know. I don't, I don't really know who it benefits, but I guess we'll have to find out. And if Barclays thinks I, they can make money, well, I guess that's the way it's going to be. But I don't see how it's going to happen. I think about it like this too. Um, I, You know, my job I always talk about, you know, when the Mets – when the Mets made – the Mets made a weird decision, to one of them, you know, over the course of the year. And, and I was like, the Met, if you're the Mets, you need to just like be self-aware and look around and be like, all right, if – if like you know the Los Angeles Dodgers did this, it'd probably be all right. Like if the, uh, but we're the Mets, like so it's gonna come off very Metsy. Yeah. So like, the Islanders should look around. They'll be like, all right, like if if the Penguins or the Maple Leafs, Maple Leafs or, the, or let's just say the Canadians, let's say the, you know the Forum was still up or whatever, and they're like, yeah, we're gonna play six games at the Forum before it's demolished. Mm. Um, th- that's okay because they're the Canadians, they're Montreal Canadians. They can do what yeah. they want. 
the Islanders are the Islanders. So when they do something like this, it's going to, a, it's going to go wrong and B, everyone's just going to be like, this is very much a circus. And this, that's what the, yeah. but the never boring with the Islanders. Yeah. And they're going to have to defend it. And I'm like, and, but you know, what's funny. And, and like we've mentioned before too, in terms of like players and stuff, I feel like the Islanders never really account for other teams in the league. Like they, they're always like, you know, focused on themselves and they don't, they forget that like other teams have goalies that get hot and other teams can like take the you know playoff spots too. And so I feel like they don't think of themselves as, you know, that they're not self-aware about their place in the the league and in the, the standings of you know, the hierarchy of the NHL right now. They're just not. Yeah, with the, with yeah. the when you say the Mets, the first thing I think of is maybe we shouldn't rush that guy back from his injury just yet because yeah. of you know some like again Thursday game against the Rockies in August <laughs> we're both in last place like maybe we shouldn't do that because yeah you they know, should what, ask yourself ask yourself like would would yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning do this yeah yeah no you they know? would not so no, exactly uh, so, yeah. Uh, it's I don't know, but like I said, we'll see. I don't, I, you know, it's weird that we're recording this now. Hopefully, again, whatever we say is not completely blown up uh, within a few hours. But it's definitely going to be a weird decision, and and it's I, I don't know. I, I just it, it's another thing that's just drives you crazy about this club, and I don't know. <laughs> it's too yeah. many. Yeah, it's just a sense. We we thought we had like these like you know certainty with the the new arena to some degree. I guess we do, but there's now uncertainty like melded into the certainty that we yeah, have. Right. So it's great. Yeah. And, and I mean, even with Belmont, like, the, you know, they've got to, they've got to build it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, there is this, uh, every week there's somebody else making noise. And I don't think any of this really means anything, but it's just one of those things that's always going to happen. So like, you know, the, the community people are still saying, Oh, they didn't consult the community people. I don't think that's going to go anywhere. Now there's a guy who's like, but the trains only come from one direction. It's like, yeah, we knew that, you know? So I don't yeah. know what, why this is a problem now. Because I, I, I think it was the, was that Joe Loda guy, the, the yeah. MTA chairman who I think was, his plan was Newsday has been tackling at the LIR for like the past two weeks. They've just been, you know, right. basically shitting on them every, <laughs> every, every issue. It's been great. Randy March, like the people yeah. who've done, the work with the, you know, the on the Belmont scoop are doing a great job, you know, just piling on the MTA right now. And I think that was almost like him just trying to deflect and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, look over there. The Islanders uh, are underestimating how much this is this right. this uh, this rail spur, whatever the hell a rail spur is, this is going to cost. So, you know, why aren't we attacking them? Yeah. So, yeah. And well, so I think that's what it was. It's And, and pardon the pun, but it's just going to be a bunch of political jockeying until everybody's pockets are greased. And, yeah. And the, and, the, and, the, and the puck has actually dropped. Yeah, no, I still think that it'll happen. It's not like I don't think it'll happen. Again, when, when Cuomo is involved and, you know, for all we know, again, to get back to the, the Coliseum thing, this might just be about making Cuomo happy. You know, they give him a suite at the, at the games and he can pop in whenever he wants. Yeah, sure. No problem. Do it. You know, uh, those of you that followed the Lighthouse Project will remember, uh, Al, Al D'Amato's brother who, uh, was supposed to get it, you know, Al, uh, Senator D'Amato, wanted to hook him up with a job and Charles Wong was like, nah, no, I'm not going to do that. And before you know it, <laughs> there goes the lighthouse project right out the window. So, uh, you know, this might be a little bit of that, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's never, I mean, once this team actually has stability, it'll be funny because, you know, what, let's say Belmont gets built, you know, it'll be funny to see what's the first problem that pops up, you know, like, <laughs> Oh my God, what's that? There's not, I, I'm going to bet it's probably parking spaces, but I'm going to guess it's that the, uh, the jumbotron is built over one of the blue lines. <laughs> yeah. It'll be one of those. They should do that. They should pay an homage to the Barclays center by doing that. Moving Maybe over. just killing the sight lines or putting, putting a car. In the, in the, in the <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, lots going on. Uh, we'll find out more, I guess this week. Um, yes. And looking forward, speaking of this week to the schedule. So we mentioned the Panthers game already on Tuesday. Um, that's actually kind of a huge game, not only because it's the first game back, not only because it's a team that theoretically the Islanders should beat, and I say that again knowing full well that they just lost to the, the Arizona Coyotes and beat the previously unbeatable Vegas Golden Knights at home, but uh, John Tonelli is going to be there to drop the ceremonial first puck, and during the All-Star game today I was writing a thing about Tonelli, and I'll have to post on Tuesday morning, and uh, that's kind of a big deal. Like He was supposed to be at alumni night. Uh, he's been away from the team for a while now. You know, they're not. It's not like John Tonelli night. It's not like they're retiring his number or anything. But having him back is going to be a big thing, and especially for like older guys like me that you know just remember what he meant to the team and you know how he's sort of like this prototype guy that people are always looking for. You know, that people are always still looking for the, the. They always want a new Dennis Potvin, that sort of you know guy who can clear the crease and just 
take people on with slap shots and score 300 goals, whatever. That's He's number one. Number two, everybody's always looking for the next Clark Gillies, the fighter, the power forward who can also score 300-some-odd goals in his career. But then the third guy they're always looking for is that they always want another John Tonelli. They want this guy who's like can score, can check, can, can do everything, and yet somehow always scores in the playoffs. It's kind of remarkable how he can do that. So he, that ought to be fun to have him back. And then uh, the fun will immediately end right after that game because <laughs> they're on their way to Toronto where they will be served up on a platter for the Leafs, who have not been playing that well, but that game scares the hell out of me. And it's only half because of the game and half of because of you-know-what that I really don't feel like having to, to deal with. <laughs> well, it's, it's nice that it's a back-to-back, so it's not like they'll be there the day before. To, you know, do, to do you know what for that much longer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be a circus. It's, it, yeah. if, 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 um, if GM Garcelon had any, any, you know, balls to him, he, he would just put a gigantic fat contract in front of John Tavares's face the second that the Panthers game ends. So he's resigned <laughs> by the time they're in Toronto. I was hoping Speak- that it would have been done. Like, I, I mean, tomorrow they're off technically. Obviously he's coming back from, from Tampa. But, uh, I mean, I would love it if they just announced the contract tomorrow and then he had to go to Toronto and explain, this is why I signed with the Islanders, just in their face. You know? Yeah, he can write a, play, a Players' <laughs> Tribune article. Yeah, right. Oh, I, I'm sure he will. I'm actually kind of yeah. already thinking about it. But uh, they actually play <laughs> the Leafs at the end of February too. So maybe that – and they have two days off before then. So, hey, you never know. Maybe that that will happen. But, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to this. I mean, again, the, the Leafs have, have – not been playing well as of late, but I mean they're still. I mean they're a lot like the Islanders. They're a team that's that's got a high, super high powered offense, very questionable defense, uh, goaltending that can be both pretty good and and pretty bad. Uh, but you know Freddie Anderson's been really good this year, so uh, that's an interesting one. That's on Wednesday, and then they have two days off, and then they host Columbus, who has kind of fallen apart. Like all of a sudden, I looked up, and and not only did I see the Islanders are still in the thick of things, but man, they're only like a couple of points behind Columbus. <laughs> what happened to these guys? Everybody got hurt, and uh, they started losing a lot of games. So hopefully, that's a game that the Islanders can have also, because they're going to really they're going to need all the points they can. And against division rivals, you better take it. Yeah, especially because now the Penguins are also kind of coming on. So yeah, I, I mean, I think the Penguins might end up. They're only six points back of the Capitals, so yeah, we might see the Penguins win the division. I'm already penciling in the Penguins and Caps as, as numbers one and two, and it's literally yeah. everybody else. Uh, the Devils you mentioned before have dropped off a little bit. The Blue Jackets have. The Rangers are. <laughs> they might sell off all their guys. We don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> the Flyers. And the Flyers are good all of a sudden. The Flyers, the Flyers are, good. are good. Right, and and. But then you know, that's another group, man. I love Flyers fans. They're the best group of people to follow on Twitter. But when they're when they're losing, they immediately turn into like you know negative Nelly. Everybody's they're It feels like when they're when they lost, they've lost the previous fifty games in a row. But when they won, they've won the previous fifty games in a row. So it's really hard to kind of gauge <laughs> what they're doing. But um, yeah. So and then uh, uh, who else? Carolina is only three points back too, so they can they can put something together. But uh, yeah, who knows with them? And yeah. But uh, Columbus is always giving the Islanders problems. And then the week after, they have another weird schedule. It's Nashville on Monday, two days off, and then they're in Buffalo, and then at Detroit the next night. So they've got back-to-backs and back-to-back weeks. Actually, back-to-backs and back-to-back-to-back weeks because <laughs> the week after, yeah. uh, they play the Rangers and Hurricanes in back-to-back week, uh, games. So this is – I mean, I look at the schedule and I see a bunch of games they can win, which is great, but they need to win them. That makes me scared. I mean, that's going to really suck. There are not a lot of home games here, but if they can, if they can really make some hay this this month, and I'm, again, I'm looking at the schedule and I see teams that can be beaten, um, then that would really solidify their playoff spot. But I just hope they can make make it happen. Cause... Yeah, and it's and and it's funny that the Panthers to me, like the Islanders, could become the Panthers pretty quickly. Like that, like how Florida looked like they were ready to go and they had the the, the right you know core, and then all of a sudden they. Couple of weird things happen. Bad, you know, roster structure and mismanagement of <laughs> assets. And now they're bad. The expansion yeah. draft killed the Panthers. Yeah, ex- That's what exactly. happened. Exactly. <laughs> so, and and now they're bad. So, the, you just need to win two out of the first three of those games out of the gate uh, for the for the quote unquote second half. I think, um, and just avoid, like we said, avoid the four game losing streak. Avoid the three game losing streak at this point. Yeah. Uh, especially to the wrong teams. Like like if they lose to. They've got two games against Columbus, a game against the Rangers, and a game against Carolina over the next three weeks. So they can't, you know, they have to take five out of six points there if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah. 
No, definitely. Uh, and again, you know, I, I almost feel like whenever I see games that they can win, I, I almost I get more scared because that means that they could also just lose them, and it would be incredibly frustrating. It'd be even yeah, more like, frustrating, you know. Like the the Coyotes game when you just knew they. Were, I didn't know it. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny too. You looked at the like I was I was like laughing, and making myself laugh because you know that's what happens when you watch this team. You drive yourself insane. Uh, is I would like if you if you looked at the the bottom six of those two teams, you're, you're like. Yeah, this is the worst team. One of these teams is the worst team in the NHL, but how is the other team not one of the worst teams in the NHL? I don't <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's like a, these guys should all be other coyotes. You know, Nick Cousins scored two goals. Honest to God, I thought he was in the AHL. I did Dude, Nick I had, Cousins kills the Islanders. I had no idea he was I guess that's why. He was that's what I'm that. saying. That's I but, think I said that too. I was just like, Yeah, well now I know that Nick Cousins is on the Coyotes because he's just scored. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, that's true too. I A I forgot he had been traded there, I, but I could have swore he was a Phoenix Roadrunner or a Tucson Roadrunner. AHL he probably team. is. He yeah. probably is most of the time. <laughs> but uh, that was. But then you know they go into again. They, they go into Vegas, and I mean, I was I'm as guilty as anybody. I just totally assumed they were going to lose because everybody loses when they play there, and uh, they came out with it with a huge win. So yeah, it th- was it was cool to that game was fun to watch too because there were there were a ton of Islander fans there, and yeah, it seemed like it's it seemed like I, I don't know we saw a lot of people like talking about going, and a lot of people went. And that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, they had pictures all over the place, and you could hear them when they when they want, scored that uh, yeah, people were there. And hey, great, great for you. I, and I was I was thinking, man, it would really suck to fly all the way the hell out to to Vegas just to watch this team get get yeah. their uh, their uh, heads caved in, but uh, they, that they did not. And and it, it seems like everybody who comes back, like I was there the week before for my friend's bachelor party, and there were a bunch of Oilers fans, and I kept stopping them. I was a little overserved. I kept stopping them and making them watch the Ryan Smith airport press conference <laughs> on my phone in this like kind of, you know, plaza and right. on the strip. And after they, you know, talk about Ryan Smith, they were just talking about how great the Vegas game, hmm. you know, the, the production value is and just how much fun they had. Yeah. So, uh, it seems like that's the Islander fans were saying as well. So yeah, no, they I put guess on a good show. we can rag on the, uh, the Vegas, you know, like the, uh, the Twitter handle and, and the, the mascot, <laughs> all we want, but it seems like they, they kind of really had yeah. planned this thing to perfection. Yeah. I, I they're, had, more, they're more stable franchise in their first year than the Islanders. Oh, they? absolutely. Oh, there's no – well, I mean, everybody's a more stable franchise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, geez, the, the Hurricanes just got bought. I mean, you know, they're they're pretty stable now too. So uh, – and I mean now – so apparently too, uh, Seattle's ready to put in its expansion application and, and they're like, we want one of these, pointing at the, you know, the Golden Knights and a team that's pretty good and is gunning for <laughs> number one in the Western Conference. So, yeah, I think that, you know, especially in the first couple of years, they assume that – they would be getting a lot of transplants at the games and, and they've made it accommodating for everybody. And yeah, they had even more Oilers fans. I mean, it's, it, I read somewhere, although I'm, I don't know if this was, you know, the truth or not, but it was cheaper to fly to Vegas and buy a ticket there than it was to just get a ticket at an Oilers game. If you're somebody from Edmonton, you know, which is wow. kind of scary. Makes- yeah. <laughs> but uh, that would that would be something. So uh, they, you know, I think they're making. And until they have more fans of their own, and let me tell you, if they make the playoffs and make some noise there, they're gonna have some fans pretty quickly. Uh, you know, that'll sell out the building, and he won't be able to like you know fly two thousand miles from from Long Island to get a ticket <laughs> to an Islanders uh, Golden Knights game. So uh, yeah. yeah, so we'll have to see. And they're the only team that's beaten them twice this year, I guess. Uh, so. Yeah. Good. good uh, and that's that is exactly why I have muted their Twitter account because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I just I don't I, I muted them before the Islanders first game against them and I plan on keeping them muted. Uh, okay, so um, we actually have a couple of uh, reviews here. So thanks to uh, some people for leaving reviews. If you can leave a review for us on iTunes, we really appreciate it. Uh, it's nice to read. We can read them here on the air. Uh, it helps raise our profile a little bit. Get some more people uh, checking out the podcast. We got two five star reviews. Those are always great. This is from NYCRD. He says great. Po- they say great podcast. Love the show. As an Islander fan, this is one of my go-to podcasts for news and insight. I highly recommend this to anyone who is a fan of the team. That's very good. Thank you. Thank you. And then um, this one uh, is from I Am Accounting, and they say a must-listen-to podcast for all. So how about that? Hmm. Uh, I've been reading Lighthouse Hockey for years, and here I can listen to some of the best contributors talk about the team I've loved and sometimes hated since Eddie Westfall gave me his co-host stick after practice at the old racket and rink back in the 70s. Uh, wow. Highly recommended for every Islander fan. So there you go. Thank you, I am accounting, and thank you, R- NYCRD. Does anyone, does anyone still use Coho? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. 
And uh, I mean, I'm I Billy was, Smith. I was is associated Coho with Lemieux for yeah. some reason. I don't I, even know if he used one. If uh, somebody needs to go out there and use Coho sticks and Jofa helmets, that I have amazing. a Jofa helmet. So. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I have a black Jofa helmet. That's amazing. It's actually my. I think it's for my LinkedIn picture still. So. <laughs> it's, it's me, me wearing a Jofa helmet. That has it ever helped you get any jobs? <laughs> that picture? No, I actually don't know if anyone's ever I ever brought it up. Yeah. Honestly, outside of my friends. Yeah, I get I get LinkedIn things every day, and I'm just like, who are you? I don't really get. <laughs> Why, why yeah, am I, I getting know. these? I don't remember why you. I don't might... know why I've, I'm, I'm even on LinkedIn. I think my first connection on LinkedIn that I ever made was Dave Andrewchuk. Oh wow! There you go. Yeah, I just I, he didn't connect with me. Obviously, I just like first, <laughs> they were like, "Here's a suggested person yeah. on your first day to like connect with," and it was Dave Andrewchuk. Yeah. Hey, do, do you know Dave Andrewchuk? Why, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I know him a long time. I know yeah. back from Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that's pretty funny. Yeah. See, see, now that's that's a real that's a, a great idea for LinkedIn. So you can link. Not for jobs, but you can link with other with hockey players and just be like, "Hey, I'm linking with you. I'm I'm friends with you. So, uh, we should talk." Uh, okay, so uh, so yeah, I guess that's about it. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot to. It's funny. There's a lot to get to, but at the same time, not a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, we're gonna have to wait and see. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your reviews. Um, can you tell everybody your Twitter handle again? Uh, sure, it's it's the the Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski, check Mike out on Twitter. Uh, it's always a good time. Uh, he uh, had a, a script uh, for the uh, eventual John Tavares appearance on TSN after he uh, leaves the Islanders. <laughs> it's uh, it's the most gut-wrenching and, and funny thing you'll read on Twitter. I, t- I retweeted it. It's good stuff. Uh, hopefully, I, I don't take this the wrong way, but I hope I never see that thing actually ever happen and it becomes like a funny footnote. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, I, I'm pretty I'm, – uh, I don't know if I was even conscious when I wrote it because it was just <laughs> I could see the whole thing happening. Yeah, you know, I can I can see what he would be wearing. Yeah. It's it, it's whatever. No, you really captured his voice, yeah, because they have that. It's like it's like one of those. Uh, I mean, the trade deadline thing, you know, and you're always like, oh yeah, I, I see what this. You know, you could hear that cadence in people's voices when they're on those trade deadline shows, and and uh, he's speaking with James Duffy, who uh, again has a has a certain way of speaking that we all we all know and love. Except in this one case where we hope we don't <laughs> say these words. Um, you can follow me at Culture of Losing. Uh, we'll be back, uh, yeah, I guess actually probably right after the trade deadline. Looks like a good time to, to come. Oh, see, I'm doing it again. Like I'm totally looking at the wrong the wrong calendar, and that's why I keep getting my dates mixed up. We'll be back before the trade deadline, I promise. But we'll, <laughs> and, then, and then we'll have another one at the trade deadline. So there you go. Never listen to me when I say these things. We'll be back in a few weeks, <laughs> and uh, we'll see where the Islanders are at then. Uh, and again, hopefully they can straighten themselves out and climb out of this muck in the Metro division and uh, into a secure playoff spot. So until then, thanks for listening and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.